0: Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Imig, from 88.9. All right, well, we're heading to 27th and right around Ramsey today on Urban Spelunking.
1: 31st and green. Yes, Avenue. 31st and Green. And it's kind of near, just, just west of Copernicus Park.
0: Okay. Probably the biggest intersection there 27th and Ramsey, yeah. but technically 31st. Anyway, we're going to an elementary school this we week are. on Urban Spelunking in some neighborhood. Um, it's-, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a very nice neighborhood.
0: This is Garland Elementary School. And this is kind of a an interesting story at this building because you, from the outside, you know, it's just kind of a single story. You call it kind of a mid-century ranch house of a school.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see all these buildings around town that were built in like the very late '50s and then through the '60s that were these sort of one-story kind of not cream city brick, but sort of buff, creamish-colored brick um, schools, and a lot of them are designed uh, off the same plans. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, Clement Avenue, Ninety Fifth Street. A bunch of these schools all have the same look to them. Uh, this one's a little different, but uh, this was built in 1960 as Kilmer.
0: So now it's called Garland Elementary School. And I guess from the outside, it doesn't really seem like there's much going on there. You know, you would it looks kind of like an ordinary school. Yep. It looks like a school. But you you got invited inside and you just kind of have this policy where you, you never turn down an invitation. I to, try
1: uh, never to. I love to go to schools. I think it's fascinating to see just what the environment is like, what the vibe is like. And it's there's always surprises, I feel like, every time you go. And I mean that in a good way.
0: So what makes Garland Elementary School special?
1: Well, what I, what surprised me when I got there was um, invited there by the principal after um, realizing that I knew two people that were on staff there. And they said, oh, you got to come check out the school. And I went there expecting, like, in this neighborhood, it to be a fairly homogenous, probably, um, mostly, like, Americans of European descent in mm-hmm. this building. I just, that's sort of how I think of that neighborhood, but I don't spend enough time in that neighborhood to realize how much it really has changed over the years. And one of the first things uh, the principal told me when I got there was that they have, uh, their student population speaks 20 different languages.
0: That is really interesting. And I, I know I'm, I'm almost like, like proud to hear that. Like yeah, yeah and good for you. MPS, tons, you know? tons of
1: English language learners at the school. Yeah, which then in Milwaukee tends to make you think of a lot of Spanish speakers, right? Right. He says he thinks out of their roughly six hundred kids that they have about six Spanish speakers. So there's, I mean, there's one of the languages, surely. But uh, if you thought you were going to get off easy with <laughs> by guessing they were all Spanish speaking, you were wrong.
0: You know, we hear that a lot when you when you talk about MPS schools, just how diverse they are. And especially with the languages. I mean, I I did this project at Pulaski High School, and it was the same thing. You could walk down the hall and hear all these different languages colliding in the hallway. And, you know, these are just regular teenagers that are living in Milwaukee that happen to speak different languages. And I'd imagine it's kind of the same thing at Garland. I mean, these are Milwaukee kids who come from all over the world, and they're just going to school and doing their thing and speaking one of 20 languages in the hallway. Yeah, and
1: lots of kids from various Middle Eastern countries, Mm -hmm. um, Asian countries. Uh, You walk into a classroom— it is a literal rainbow melting pot. I mean, there's just like kids with um, sort of traditional dress on, which is interesting, mm-hmm. and just every shade of skin tone that you can imagine is there. And the rooms are functioning nicely, and the teachers are teaching, and kids are learning, and it's um, it's a really vibrant place to be. That you know, and and it's amazing that with Six hundred kids in that building—they um, make it work. And these kids with all these different uh, language needs and everything else, and all of the needs that come with having—you know—an immigrant population. But having an immigrant population that's that—it's not even a homogenous immigrant population. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't even just like bring it if it's like all Spanish-speaking. Well, that's relatively easy because you bring in somebody who speaks Spanish, and now you have this—you've opened the door to to this huge population but here with 20 different languages can you imagine just on a day-to-day basis what it's like to get some of those some of those kids are newly arrived don't speak any english yeah it's challenging i
0: don't know for me like whenever i go to a school like this especially the the diverse ones like this you know just as a white guy you you i almost feel a little bit humbled like man Milwaukee is going to be a lot different and it has changed so much in in my lifetime but in the next uh, generation it's going to be you know, providing that so many of these these families and kids stay here, um, it's going to be interesting to see how Milwaukee itself becomes more and more diverse. And mm-hmm. it's it's almost, uh, it's, it's really fascinating and, I, and kind of humbling and cool. What
1: I think is interesting about it is you read these stories about how in the teens and 20s in Milwaukee, a lot of the schools were open at night as social centers where they taught immigrants how to sew, how they taught them how to speak English, to do all sorts of things at all these different classes. And you read these stories about how there were Eastern European Jewish immigrants in the same class with Italian immigrants, in the same class with, you know, just people, German immigrants, people who spoke all these different languages from different countries than than they're coming now. But the same situation, right? I mean, the Some parts of it changed, but some parts of it are are exactly like what our grandparents and great-grandparents experienced in the Milwaukee they lived in.
0: Yeah, well said. And then, you know, we're talking about a school here on on roughly 27th and Ramsey. Um, Like you said, you you expect it to be kind of homogenous. And I guess it just shows you that, you know, if you're not comfortable with diversity and with diversity in your neighborhoods and in your schools now, uh, it's not going to, like— Change at all in Milwaukee, and it's I guess just you better get with the program and and start to accept you know some well, of the the color and, and and diversity that's in our in our city.
1: And it's amazing because this school is an in demand school. The principal yeah. was telling was reading off to me a list of the different suburbs that send kids to this school. I mean, we don't tend to think of MPS schools as places where the suburbs have kids who want to go. We think of it the other way, you know, that city kids want to open and roll into suburban districts. They have kids from I don't know Cadiz, Franklin, uh, Racine, South Milwaukee, all these places, Greenfield, uh, who choose to come to MPS to go to this school. Well, we're going to continue
0: talking about Garland Elementary School, and it's interesting uh, a little fact that you dug up. Uh, the school wasn't always in the same spot. In fact, there's a, a, a trio of schools in this area that kind of moved around and changed names. So we're going to break that down next on Urban Spelunking. Go to the movies. Cinebuds is a podcast about movies. In each episode, you never know what you're going to get. Every Wednesday with 889's Justin Barney and Milwaukee Films Christopher Pollard. Each episode, they take you on a quest. What kind of quest? A quest of danger, excitement, thrills, wonder, adventure. And if you want to join their journey on the latest movies, just tune in to Cinnabuds at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit radiomilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 prize. And we're back on Urban Spelunking at Garland Elementary School. Technically 31st and Green. We're saying kind of 27th and Ramsey. A little bit west of the airport in the uh, Copernicus Park neighborhood, Goldman Park, or the Gra-Ram neighborhood, according to Google Maps. Which we're still <laughs> figuring that one what out. is Gra-Ram? <laughs> it, tra- it
1: sounds like two things crammed together. Yeah, it's
0: G-R-A hyphen R-A-M. Never heard of that. But anyway, we're maybe talking was, about
1: Maybe it was named for somebody named Graham, but they hiccuped halfway through. <laughs> maybe,
0: all right. Well, we just figured it out. That's perfect. So, Garland Elementary School, the the one that is called Garland Elementary today
1: Was not built that way. Right. So 1960, 61, it was built as Kilmer Elementary School. Okay. Um, and then later, about a half a mile east um, there was a, another school called Victory, which is still there. It's the Italian immersion program is there. And okay. then a, a half mile, um, east of that is where they opened the original Garland in 1967.
0: Okay. So there yeah. was, so Garland used to be uh, like about a mile. Uh, a little uh, more east. than a mile east. Yeah. Okay. Closer like, to the airport. Okay.
1: And actually, um, so it opened in 67 and the Late 70s, it, uh, interesting tidbit, it was one of the only schools to be air conditioned in that it was air conditioned as part of the construction of the airport freeway spur, which runs mm. right past it. And they did that so that the school would be able to keep the windows closed to protect it from noise and pollution from cars going past on the freeway.
0: So it must have been a pretty sweet deal to be there, cool and air-conditioned as a kid, right? Yeah. I do do remember I went to a school as a kid that didn't have air conditioning, and those classrooms get hot. They
1: sure do. (laughs) They sure do. Yeah, so it was Kilmer uh, on 31st and Green, and then um, later on they wanted to open – they wanted to close the elementary program at Kilmer and turn it into uh, like a high school uh, program for – people seeking GEDs.
0: Okay.
1: Um, the neighborhood was not thrilled about losing its elementary school. So I actually attempted to get both its neighborhood a- and its school annexed to Greenfield Wow. nearby. So they were like, Milwaukee, um, we're done. Right. Because they wanted their neighborhood school. I mean, this was, yeah. their, this was their neighborhood school. Where all, uh, and it was at, apparently a lot of the news reports at the time talked about what a big deal this was for realtors because realtors sold this neighborhood based on the quality of that school and how close it was. And what you time know? frame are we talking about here? This is the 70s, okay, late 70s. And um, so that ended up not happening, and in part because the Greenfield school superintendent said, you know, we just closed two elementary schools of our own. Even if you get annexed and we get this school, we can't guarantee it wouldn't close. Hmm. So anyway, it ended up not happening. The GED program did open there, the high school program. Um, and then ultimately that program moved downtown to Mech. Which is where Golda is now, the old Schlitz okay. Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it split into two programs. There was a Kilmer South and a Kilmer North, and um, those ultimately merged at Twenty Seventh Street School and became Grappy, which we talked about.
0: Yes, Grappy okay. a few months ago.
1: Yes. Um, and then in the meantime, uh, the Wisconsin Conservatory of Lifelong Learning opened in the Kilmer Building, and they got an addition there because they were a K through twelve program. So they needed facilities for older kids. So they built a huge uh, music room like you never seen in an elementary school, a huge high school-style library and gym.
0: And this um, is at the present-day Garland.
1: And now this is at the building where Garland is now. So Got Garland okay. is lucky in that they're an elementary program that has access to a facility like no other elementary school really has. They have, again, they have these, uh, I guess another example would be McDowell has this because they're in the old Juno building. Um, but very few grammar schools have this kind of this kind of facility so they got a
0: full gym they got a a full size library yep they've got the like the proper size not proper but the high (laughs) school student size lockers right Or like the kind of bigger facilities for taller kids
1: yeah and so then ultimately wickle which was wcll wisconsin conservatory for lifelong learning moved to a building downtown in 2012 that had been empty for a while it
0: was called wickle
1: uh people called it that for short. Mm -hmm. um and so then Garland needed more space, so they moved into the old Wickle building, which was Kilmer originally. Um, and then the ideal charter school opened in the old Garland, and that's still there now.
0: All right. So we just made some MPS soup here. There's like, yeah, <laughs> a couple of acronyms. There's and- a lot of weeds. A lot of weeds. <laughs> but it's
1: all in the article, so if you want to read it more slowly... <laughs> so it's, it's, it's in
0: there at radiomilwaukee.org and at onmilwaukee.com. But essentially, so one building, um, the, you know, the buildings are all the same. Like nothing yep. was torn down. Nope. Uh, one building was added onto yep. Garland, yes. which is the one that we're talking about here with. The gym and the the, yes. the more uh, teen sized amenities. Yes, and you got to go through all you know all through the school. You got to go up on the roof, right?
1: Which was fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And the kids saw you up there, and
1: they did. Yeah, and it was funny because we were up there. He wanted to. Sh- the principal wanted to show me the new playset that they bought that they were able to buy, um, and the kids were going back into the building after recess and we got back into the building and we didn't see any none of the kids like waved at us or anything we didn't have any sense that they saw us but uh, as he was saying goodbye to me at the door one of the kids walked by he came over and he said uh, he said hello and he said I saw you on the roof
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's how your story ends and I just I just I just it's a lovely little like slice of life in, a, in an elementary school. And kid. it's
1: just a reminder, as, as every parent knows and every teacher knows, nothing gets past kids. You think they don't see and you think they don't hear, but they see everything and they hear everything.
0: <laughs> well, you can read more about Garland Elementary School and the and the whole history of the building at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. Podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab. With support from On Milwaukee and your membership, you can subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. It's On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Nate.